Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Something Missing with your girl, Roll Better. You know the vibes. You know what it is. You know what we're doing. Let's get it. Sound nice, check one. My mic sound nice, check two. My mic sound nice, check three. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to be ready for this episode. This is episode number 10. It's a milestone. I'm super hyped because I've been doing this podcasting almost a year soon. And with consistency and persistency, I've made it to episode number 10. And I'm really proud of that. I really hope y'all enjoy this episode because it's about marriage. Whether you're in a relationship, whether you're not, I think you'll enjoy this this content that we're putting out. And I have a special, special, special guest. Not only is she my wife, but she is an entrepreneur. It's extraordinaire. She is a therapeutic art coach, in case you people are looking for something uh, different. She is the coolest nigga I know. Not to mention pretty. And she pays the bills on time. Anyway, let me introduce y'all to my wife. Some of y'all know her as Spring Sky, but her name is Lashina Winston. Let's clap it up for her, good people. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. I'm actually excited for this episode. Are you? I am, I am. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> Been waiting to get you on this job. Actually, this podcast was supposed to be two people. But <laughs> being that my wife has so many different things going on, she could not devote time to this when I was ready to do it. So me being me, I wasn't playing. I really wanted to do this podcast. So Yeah, she was on it. Like, it's been years. And I'm not going to say I haven't had time or balance I just think it was more of your um expression and what you've had going for like a little while prior before you met me so it was something I I'm camera shy so that's one so two I've always thought that if you had to do a podcast you had to be on live I've uh, watched a couple um but that's not the case it could also be audio so but um stepping into my newness so I'm, I'm ready and i'm excited and hopefully this episode brings on plenty more i like that i like that i like that please forgive my ghetto background <laughs> my wife had me waiting all day to do this episode so now you will get the ghetto you will hear the sirens you will hear the bikes you might even hear people screaming please forgive us in advance but yeah, good people, this episode is about marriage. Marriage. Ooh, why Ooh. you say it like that? Um, a topic that can be broad or have subtitles. It's a subject I think that most are not ready for. As in not getting married or just not choosing to have the conversation? 
Um, I would say choosing to have the conversation about marriage and what marriage, you know, really is. Literally, excuse our background, but uh, this is the Bronx. You all know how the Bronx give it up. Um, we're not shy to anything that uh, that's in our environment. Unfortunately, I mean we we strive and we thrive. But anyway, but now she sees why I tell her I try to record like literally the crack of dawn because those guys they're still sleeping. Hopefully there's no fires and nobody's dying because over here it sounds like people are dying and there's fires all the time. And then it literally sounds like we live next to a racetrack. So again, like she said, thank you. And please forgive our background. But what she was saying, I definitely feel like that's, that's part of the problem. If you did not listen to episode eight, I believe it is representation. Yeah. I feel like representation makes it really easy for you to go, why do I need to get married? You darling got to grow up in a house where people were married or at least they were together for a lot of years and they were married. They were married for a lot of years. So. Um, I'll say together for a lot of years. So uh, when you, you're younger and if you come you're coming from the 80s of course uh born and raised in the 80s uh growing up in the 90s and you see your grandparents or your aunts and your uncle together and you automatically i guess just want to believe that they're married until you hit a certain age and there's a conversation where um situations arises and they say oh because we're not legally married i'm not sure if it's a conversation that they want to have around children, what they're saying it and just not being mindful that young people were around, are around. So common law, common law, well, common wealth marriages were a major common thing. law. Yeah. Common law. Yeah. I said it right. Yeah. Common law, common marriages, law marriages were very, very common growing up. If I can add that to what she's saying, because I feel like, a lot of times we kind of forget our history and I'll never forget it. Most people in my neighborhood, they'll tell you real fast, oh, we married. And then you'll be looking at somebody's hand, you looking for a nice ring or somebody to pull out wedding pictures and it'd be like, oh, nah, we've been together so long. We It's like we married. And growing up in the hood, I kind of thought that was a thing until... Especially I, I in the age. in the hood, I'm sorry to cut you Not off, bad. but especially in the hood, I know for me, um, growing up as a teenager, I had um, female friends that were five years to six years older than me. So they already had children, mm. right? So say if I was 16, 17, I know like a friend of mine, I don't want to um, say her name, mm. but when I was 17, she was already 27, 28. And so that's 10 years. That's uh, excuse 10 years. me. So that's 10 years. Um, and she used to always say to me, yeah, because we're common law married. And I never understood what that meant until another associate was like, yeah, me and my man been together and we're common law married. And I'm like, um, educate me, please. They're like, yeah, that's when you've been together for like six, seven years. These was her words verbatimly um been together for six or seven years but 
you don't have like the paper to say that you are married. And I never thought if it was right, wrong, because I'm like, okay, they no say judgment. they're married. No, right. Basically no judgment. But then as I got into my twenties, because as a young girl, I'll say this not to go off topic, but same topic. I always wanted to get married before having a child. That was my biggest thing. I didn't, I didn't. So I saw marriage. I seen people together, but I didn't know what marriage was. I just know I wanted to get married. Why? I didn't know. Um, or maybe I did, right? Maybe it was because just the sense of having someone to belong to. But anyway, so common. So again, was going back to common law married, right? Like it's it's being together without the benefits of God forbid if you're uh, hospitalized and now you can't go to the bat because you are not uh, next to kin. Fuck that. We're gonna go a little deeper. There's no um, benefits to that. Period. None. Now that we know that. Period. Like you figure we've been married three years. Three years. And just finding out about like a real tax break. Now, not saying that we couldn't have asked around. And I don't think we were really worried about that. We were so conscientious of going, all right, cool. I want to take care of my credit. I want to make sure my credit is good so that it doesn't affect you because this is our mindset, not realizing that, all right, as an individual, if you do things a certain type of way, it has no effect on that person. But being that, you grow up in a hood with people that are commonwealth, common law married, they comfortable telling you, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. You don't need that piece of paper. And yeah, you need that piece of paper because if you be with somebody anything past five years and it might sound a little crazy what I'm about to say and can't benefit from being with that person. Like or, the old people say, you'll be somebody's special ass friend. And I don't think that um, <laughs> is a good feeling when they got your name in the obituary as special friend. You, you, you got to love my wife because this is her favorite thing to talk about because there's a lot of people that end up being a special friend on somebody's obituary. And it's funny because being with her, she's told me about this plenty of Aunt times. Aunt Jane took care of all the little cousins. She's been good. She didn't cook, made biscuits and all that. Now Uncle Earl then died. We know that to be auntie. No, the family said, uh-uh-uh, special friend. Oh, That's man. an issue. But it's something else I want to talk about uh, when it pertains to marriage, right? As a young girl growing up, and this is not to be racist or anything, but we grew up um, in Bronx, New York. So where the majority of the ethnicity is uh, Spanish people. Um, so... I'm grateful to grow to to have grown up not to be racist or colored colorist or whatever whatever it is that attaches negative right I grew up with a lot of Puerto Ricans I grew up with a lot of Dominicans but for my Puerto Rican families right why is it that the woman is comfortable to say that that's her husband without a ring 
where is it in their ethnicity uh, back in the days, you know, because we talk about um, Southern people and we know how it was and they'll say they didn't have really uh, shit going on and shit to do. That's why they had so many children, things of that nature. But why are our Spanish women, our Latina women comfortable to call a man their husband without the proper giving of like i want you to be my wife you're doing wife duties what well, what is wife duties when you saw your mama do it your grandmama do it right so nobody told you you do that once you are a wife you don't do that like for me growing up there was girls that did wife things girls you didn't know you were doing wife things you were just doing what your mama did for your daddy not realizing that your mama been with your daddy maybe 15 no i think what what as young girls and i'm starting to believe in every ethnicity it was said in the same manner but maybe different right that you are to clean house you don't want to be filthy you are to uh be domesticated um but i don't think that you do that in your own house you don't get with a man and you both decide to live together. You both share the duties is what I feel like. You no. shouldn't even... Back in the days, we didn't see that. Yeah, we didn't see that. We so I think that. that's where it gets to the point where men are comfortable saying, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it because she's already doing no. what a I married woman women does. Set that up, women set that up. Whereas if you come in going, oh... I'm going to run baths and I'm cooking three meals a day and I'm sucking all type of beefcake and I'm throwing it back at least four times a day. You can't be mad at that man for going along with the plan because maybe he didn't see it that way. Maybe he might have saw something different. But if you're projecting that onto him and not giving him or putting out there that we could be equals, He's going to take it as you're beneath him. He's going to do things that show you you're beneath him. And he's like, and it's crazy because a lot of times women are looking at me crazy when I say this, but if you don't make a man believe that you are wife material, how was he supposed to look at you that way? If he met you in a club throwing that ass in a circle and then y'all went back to the crib, you threw that ass in a circle for him and never made him accountable for your time and your effort and the class of woman that you want to be treated as, how was he supposed to treat you other than the way you showed him how to treat you? Because in this day and time, your mother could tell you, hey, don't do this, do this, do that. You know what these girls do? Well, Big Lotto ain't doing that. Uh, Nicki Minaj ain't doing that. Cardi ain't doing that. So why I got to do that? why are you paying attention to what other women are doing to keep in their partner that has nothing going men you too that has nothing to do with you how, how someone else is with their partner i mean we as uh lgbtq uh partner ia ia right well letters. we're old school i'm sorry about that but <laughs> i forgot to announce that as well yes i don't it, um, ever want to be disrespectful toward our family because um, we're we are family um ma we're, we're speaking about married couples so we're not we're not um distancing or dismissing heterosexual couples 
from gay marriage. We every, it's a marriage, right? So for for me, it doesn't matter. The partner, I, I I don't know. People, you okay? So when we didn't have uh, social media and things of that nature, what? Who the hell were you looking at? I mean, we grew up knowing, even if you didn't, Pudi. I'm saying just like like this, right? Um. We grew up knowing that, like I said, Aunt Betty and Uncle Earl was married already. When when we got in our 20s, that's when we knew they were not married. Legally. Correct. So for me in 2023 with these new school, this new age, um, it's just, it's really... It gives weird vibes and it's scary. How the hell are you on internet looking to see what someone else is doing and mimicking that life. That's not who you are. Your life is not them. Your budget is not theirs. Your intuitions are not theirs. Your perspective on life is not theirs. Your mindset damn sure ain't theirs. Now to, 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 to see stuff, Get a little glimpse of it. Oh, I I, I want to be skilled in certain things. That's okay. That's fine. But literally trying to copycat someone, that you and the partner going to be shit out of luck. <laughs> and that's just on facts. It's not. I, I pay attention to who you are and what you have going on. If you don't understand what marriage is, Educate yourself on it. Um, another thing, we can have seen a lot of stuff, good or bad, growing up. But educate yourself on what marriage is. It is great to speak to our ancestors, those who came before us, um, who's been married 30 or 40 years to get insight. And I and I love that. I it's bridging the gap, basically, right? So you understand what what marriage, what marriage is. But at the end of the day, when you go to sleep, you gotta basically, it's you. It's your movement, it's how you feel, it's whatever you um embark and intake with that. I think marriage is an individual thing, like mindset. It is not to rush someone. It's people be like, oh, you rushing me. And but I think before uh, I mean, we didn't do this, and and I and I said we should have. I don't think it's nothing wrong with going to like a marriage boot camp before before you get married. Before I got married, I thought there was something wrong with that because it's like You did, you didn't want to go. What's wrong with what we got going on that we need therapy that might make me or might make us not want to do the thing that we talking about doing after being married for three years i think we should have did it because it probably would have gave us a little bit more enlightenment on each other the direction that we want to go in together so right i'll agree to that 
um, especially with having conflict. But we did, I think we did well with, we don't go to bed angry with each other. We've learned to hash it out right then and there. It's, it was hard. It, it gets really difficult. We'll walk away from the situation and then come back and express how we both felt. We taught ourselves that. Because the beginning of just being girlfriends and we were getting into conflict, it wasn't nice. It would be a day. We would never let two days or whatever go by because at that time we weren't living uh, with each other. But if you spent the night at my house or, or I came over here and we spent time together and we got into a conflict, it would be like, okay, after we've seen each other, we wouldn't see each other for a day. And then now someone is going to break the ice, of course, in the afternoon or the nighttime. But when you married, you try to do the same thing, but that shit don't work. No. Like that shit is totally she, different. She, she's you talking a lot of flash shit right you now. Ha- but this I'm saying it divorced a- me for at least I did. <laughs> I will be honest. I I did. I Now the thing about it which she did hit on that I think is very real when you realize like all right, this is my person. You don't like I, that's something that I learned from my mother and her relationships or maybe even like a old school song you don't go to bed mad with somebody that you genuinely love because mm-hmm. to wake up upset the next day is corny but in the same aspect a lot of times we're not taught certain things we're not conditioned certain ways i saw my mother as a warrior when it came to relationships like she didn't sit around crying like she had listened to a a a a old school love song real quick, go in there, cook something to eat, clean a crib, and it seemed like she was okay. But I don't I'm I was a kid, so I didn't know what hurt she experienced. So to be in a marriage and go, all right, cool. Like most people that see our dynamic, they would go, Oh, she's the gangster. No, I'm definitely not. It's the other way around. My wife talks a lot of shit and she gets upset. I I'm learning to not be combative because I have a way of being condescending. I create situations and then throw my hands up and act like, oh, what what are you talking about? Well, I don't want to say get upset. You know that I'm very passionate about what I speak on. And and, and, And it's the tone can be high. And I've worked on that plenty, like still working on it. The people can hear you. They heard how the whole tone just changed with that. But God, no. But I'm and I'm and I'll agree. I'm still working on no, it. And that's a beautiful thing that you could. But I that. think that I've grown tremendously. Tremendous tremendously since the beginning of our relationships. With getting upset and just like being passionate, um, I do find that. Now, which is not a good thing, um, in our situations when we do have our conflict, I will shut down. I'm not sure if you notice that. Yeah, it's really easy to notice. You know, and it's because it's like I've gone through the phase where, okay, in the beginning I was upset. My mouth was really disrespectful and disgusting. Um, 
because again, I'm passionate about how I feel and how I express myself. And if you're pointing fingers at me, um, then which I felt at the time, right? Um, then yeah, it made my tone easily get out of pocket, but like being married, I don't think that I should be shutting down. This is where I should be expressing in the tone that I am now. And I think that's a lot of married couples. I think people in general, when you're dealing with relationships and an argument arises or I'll tip for tats. That's what me and my wife, we love to say that because we don't, we, even in the beginning of our relationships, we never had no full blown out arguments. I remember one time we did, and that's because we were somewhere, we were somewhere um, where someone else's energy caused confliction. Mm. But other than that, we don't, um, so we have tit for tat. But again, um, people were not going to use the dynamic and speaking in a tone like this when you're mad at someone. It's 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 impossible. Your tone, some I don't care if the other person is uh chill. It makes the other person feel like, okay, well, you know we hype right now. Why the F you not hype? But and when I think that's our dynamic because as you hear, she's super passionate when it comes to getting her point across. I mean, I'm going to get my point across. It's just not, I don't have to be as passionate. And I feel like sometimes that kind of puts her in a space like, oh, you don't really care. And it's not that I don't care. That I part. think more or less what it is is that we both can't be super turned up. And this is one thing I always believed in my life. Like if I was with somebody who is as aggressive as me when it comes like, she used the word passionate. I'm aggressive when I'm trying to get my point across, especially when I know I'm right. And to be with somebody else that's passionate about getting a point across, that shit is dangerous. We can easily bump heads that leads to a whole nother dynamic that don't need to be led down. But when I realized like, all right, cool, she's going to take it there to get her point. I don't want her to feel like she has to. So I'm going to fall back. Let her get her... Uh, feelings out or whatever it is she's trying to get off her chest so that she can see that I'm listening so I can retort. And sometimes it comes off as, oh, all right, that bitch don't care. And I don't want it to be that way. So this is why I think this podcast is definitely going to be very therapeutic for both of us. Very. And um, I think the most beautiful part about marriage is that you can't quit. Because for me, I've always been a runner when I didn't get my way or I didn't like something. I just haul ass on some pew. And in a marriage, ain't no runner. You could run. You could run your ass to another room or something. Maybe run outside, go get you a good jog on to release the endorphins that would have your brain clouded or some stupid shit. But other than that, no, no, no. We talking some real life commitment. And shout out to all my peoples that have kids, right? 
but I'm a shout out extra for my peoples that got kids and are married. It's a double I can't leave. Where I'm going? And I gotta take at least some of these motherfuckers with me when I leave. So ain't no, oh yeah, I just get up and I get to be myself again. So I think for me, the most beautiful part about marriage is that your ass gotta do half to stick it out. At least people that honor their vows feel that way. I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> as some will disagree, you know, like, oh, well, if I'm not happy, I'm not saying I don't care. Kids are not kids, but when it's a marriage and like you said, you not so much honoring just vows, this is a union totally different than this is a a business. Uh, we in here growing together. We just not married. You get to leave the investment and then try to go make little investments here, there, and that's not good. You can't do that. Then you, you know, as a married person, someone, because I can't always say men go out and have the baby. Because women, uh, damn sure, get pregnant off of their little rendezvous as well. It's just not spoke about Thanks. as much as, you know, um, men. So marriage is, is love. It's, it's a fight. It's a union. It's respect. Whether you have children, pets. Pets mean a lot, too. You can't just, like you and your partner don't have children but you decide to get um a pet whether it's a cat a dog normally people get dogs because it's like a child so that dog feels energy it's gonna know if mother or mother or dad <laughs> or dad is having you know a dad or mom is is something's not right within the household maybe that's what's that wrong with that dog across the street Oh, don't even talk about that. I anyway. have to just because you bring it up because it's so disturbing. Where I live at, literally, my wife didn't even notice it for a while. But this dog is in distress across the street. Like, literally, I live on Valentine's. My back window is on Webster. And there's a shelter, a couple of shelters across the street on the other side of Webster, like the uptown side. And, um... This dude has this little fluffy dog. The dog is, is one of them fluffy dogs, quite whatever it is, Shih Tzu. But that dog barks all the time. Violently, and it's a little she, dog. You heard what she said? Violently, because it right. really is violent. And it makes no sense to me, because if the dog is outside the majority of the day with his father or whoever the man is to him, and... You're peaceful, dude. You outside. But maybe that dog doesn't want to be outside. Maybe he's, he's really in distress. So what my wife just bring up is very real. So even if your fur parents, animal parents, 
be considerate of the animals. They mm-hmm. feel your nasty energy. If you're walking around being nasty to her or him or her, you being nasty to her and you or her, get it together. Because nobody wants to deal with that. Not even the animals. But I'm I'm gonna see like me and my wife, we're gonna have like uh I bring some some notes for her. She don't she don't necessarily know exactly what I'm about to ask, but Oh, oh I tell her, oh, but okay. it's nothing, nothing crazy. Just some, some notes I took down. Okay. Um, it says, despite family meal time being beneficial to kids, only about thirty percent of families manage to eat together regularly. Hmm. Regardless of children. 30%, only 30% of families manage to eat together. Now, I don't know. I wrote that down because for, for me, I feel like being uh, married, uh, loving my wife the way I do, and uh, building kind of a, a, a brand together, we kind of don't always have time for the most we don't always have the most intimacy time. So for me, my love language is making sure we eat. And um, I try to make her breakfast. She's not really a breakfast girl, but I make her lunch almost every day. I make her a cup of coffee. Simple things. Because I feel like if you're able to start your day or at least continue your day and not have to worry about, damn, what I'm going to eat, where I'm getting coffee from, it makes everything a little easier. So everybody doesn't have that where my wife uh, makes sure I'm able to do certain things that I really don't even be thinking about like that. Sometimes she'll be like, oh, you want to get a pair of sneakers? And I'm like, oh, babe, that's sweet. Wasn't really thinking about it. But yeah, sure, why not? Or just uh, take me to go buy cooking gear. It's just different thoughtful things that we have that we're able to create that time. So meal time, particularly, like especially dinner. We eat together. We make it our, yes. I make it my business for us to so eat together. Yes. I really so, don't eat without her. I don't yes. think I've eaten without her in a long time unless I'm starving. And I have to be starving. So A week ago, you did have to. Look, like, got uh, a not my late day at work, but. Right. I remember that it was a late day. But most likely I was starving. Like yeah. at this point, like literally on a good day, I really don't eat all day, like on some fasting. And just to see what my body does and how my body feels with it. And I, I, I'm cool. I'm, I'm not dying. I'm not uh, sick or anything. So thank God I'm able to keep flowing and going. I've been riding a bike, uh, what is that? I want to say like 12 miles a day. So that's not not bad for a 43-year-old woman. But making the time in your relationship means everything. Whether you're just starting out in a relationship or been in it uh, at least 30, 40 years. I guarantee you, if you talk to anybody that's been together that long, the first thing they'll tell you is making time matters. Because 
whether uh-huh. you have to go to the job, uh, create dates where it might you might be a little tired after the date, but it's so worth it because you go, damn, I'm loved, I feel special, or I'm thought about. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just a, oh yeah, she want to hit it when I get home from work and I'm tired and or or, or uh, we going shopping or materialistic things. Sometimes it don't even have to be materialistic nope, things. Because that shit don't mean anything. Let me see that game sitting next to you. Now that, now that we are uh, talking about it. Me and my wife, since we've been together, and it's funny because she's always been this girl. Um, I'm I'm not gonna say I thought it was porn. I th- I thought it was porn, playing games. Um, I really thought it was porn, and unless it was gonna lead to some hanky panky, I, I didn't really see the need in it. Well, I started. I well, I brought this to my wife's attention. I don't like going over as an adult to other people' house who are adults. And we're just sitting there and people were just like in their phone or just really don't have a conversation or anything to talk about or bring up. So why not have as an adult some basically interactive uh, activities where it, it makes it like an icebreaker. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So... We've asked if in the hood the icebreaker is somebody rolling up some weed or somebody right. popping a drink and everybody else sitting there on their phone. Right, and nothing to talk about. Waiting for something to happen to talk about. We've asked if, I must admit, uh, besides her, like, some people, you want to have conversation, you want to get to know people, but the 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 gist of how life goes, most people are genuinely shy. They talk mm-hmm. a lot of shit, but they're really shy to go, hey, how you doing, my name is, and keep it flowing from there. Most people are not that. So I completely understand that because I'm not, or I haven't always been that. Sometimes I know when I have to walk in a room and show people that I am that, but not always. So with her, it's like, ooh, I got this game. Let's bring it. And I'm like, babe, I don't know, cause these people, they don't really. And what happens shit. every time we introduce? Every fucking time. Every time, I don't care if it's a couple, a family member, friends. It's like, please, can we get that again when you come? Bring it again. It's always a good time. Um, introducing that because then people get to see how creative they are. Um, Some people, it's going to take a little minute to warm up. But if it's a topic that they're comfortable on, trust me. No, they're going to be there. And that's what makes, I want to say me and my wife's dynamic a little different. Like most people, they really want somebody that's just like them. Niggas be walking through the street looking like gangsters, ready to kill people. Like I ain't even going to lie, like, the dynamic that me and her have, she grew up literally in church. A <laughs> regular to the church. When I say a regular. Almost a PK. Almost a PK. If you know what that, if you know, you know. My a PK, said, if for, for those like that don't know, that's the, the pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. 
and a minister, it, but he minister never, PK, mm-hmm, all of that's never. the same thing. That yeah. means you in church almost as much Seven as they week. are. So anybody who knows me knows I grew up a little bit differently than that. I might have went, I might have went to church on a good holiday like Easter, maybe Mother's Day when I had to, when I had to. But when I is did, it funny I look forward to the outside people coming in on the holidays? No. I wanted to see what y'all, you know, to see if they, um, like what your vibe was like. yeah, what your vibe was like, and to see if somebody uh, convert you to uh, be up in here like, try to pull with you us. Like you were trying to see if who, <laughs> yeah, who y'all can convert. Too funny. Nah, it's, it's real though. Like when you think, when you're being realistic about it, you're going, all right, cool. I know it was a lot of sinners that might have came to church once in a blue moon, like in your neighborhood especially. And they come into church because it's Easter. My packed on Easter. Because uh, it's Mother's Day. Packed. Father's Day. Uh, not, nah, so not, not so much. That's that's um, wrong, but... It is, but it's real. Um, I'm trying to think it's another day that uh, church is normally packed, but anyway. and Friends and Family Day. Okay. And when you're able to see people from your neighborhood that you know, like, literally be sitting on a regular basis, and now they're in there with their moms or their family, and it's nothing wrong with having to do the family thing, because when we was younger, we all had to do it. But now, when you're of age, and you can tell somebody, nah, I'm good, I don't want to go. Babe, did I take you to my church when we first started? Did you go to like a certain? Yeah, you did, right? You Are you talking to, about across the street from to me? Bright Temple? Yeah, yeah, I said it. Yeah, wow. Anyway, yes, I went to church <laughs> with my wife more than once, and I went and did service as a good voluntary person to serve <laughs> the Lord, and they used me as a vessel, and I was okay with that. But like God used you as a vessel, not sure the people, huh? not the people. But when you uh, are able to put those pieces together as a a conglomerate and go, it's simple things. Like what well, I, I kind of almost got off the topic. We were talking about eating together. The simplicity of knowing that out of a hundred percent. Thirty percent of people eat together as a family, and that's mm. people with kids, and included. And I thought that was a little weird because I think this is why there's so many things astray now because there's no structure in the home. Where well, again, um, no mean to cut you off. It goes back to. Um, that first, like how we uh spoke about prior about did we really see uh grandparents married, our parents married, our aunts and uncles married? Like, how was the dynamics in Big Mama's house where everybody was so busy we couldn't just sit down and eat together, especially growing up as children? You know, I think that's where it starts. So if you're in our generation and you're not eating together, you just allowing the kids just to eat however, whenever. Uh, 
People don't even cook on Sundays anymore. But no, it's a whole nother conversation. Okay, but if they don't cook on Sundays and they do a visit like uh, restaurants and stuff as a family, I don't take that away from you either. As long as you do, if that's a family thing and no one is cooking, but we're all eating together at the table, I don't find anything wrong with that no, because we'll judge that. And uh, maybe there's someone in the home who does not cook, who's tired of cooking because they're the only one that does. Um, so we're not going to take that away. No, I, I'm definitely not taking away from you making sure your family is nourished. But I think it should be something that we start doing in 2023. Like, uh, people got to, uh, people were not paying attention. I know we're talking about marriage and, but a lot of things go with marriage. A lot of things. Yes. Like, like, um, paying attention to your children and in the household as a unit, as, as one, like, I, I also believe that if one person was to stay home and work from home, it will, the dynamics of the, the relationship would be great. I think society has made it so, oh, we gotta work, 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 work. And I get it. But Somebody has to be home so when somebody uh, get a call from the school, you don't have to leave your job. You can leave the house. God forbid your toilet break or your sink or something. Now, one of y'all, knowing damn well, you probably either called out too much or, or just can't call out, have to call out and stay home waiting for hours, you know? So I just feel like it goes with that as well. It goes all of that balancing to eat together. That's a very important thing. I think that especially with children, when you sit at the table and you eat, that's the comfort that you have and the trust you get to gain. You get to know who you're sitting with. Yeah, that part. Where, don't get me wrong, we didn't have much conversation because the, the game plan is to eat. But if you sit with somebody in the few seconds that you're able to bond over this food, over the TV show you're watching, mm -hmm. or some people house growing up, there was no TV watching while eating food. No, you had to have not conversation. At all. You had to have conversation. And I'm not making it seem like I grew up in a house where my mother had a big ass kitchen where we sat at the table. No, we sat and we ate together. And it's crazy because I think about it, I wouldn't give a fuck where me and my mother was. We definitely sat together and broke bread. That's beautiful. And I say it like it's natural or it's regular, but I know a lot of people that can't say that. And it's scary because those are the same people that don't see a problem with not sitting down eating with your children and getting to know them. Well, that's true. Okay. So once my grandmother finished uh, cooking, she would holler, come get your food. You know, come get your food. Either she was fixing it or she was allowing us to fix it. She would go in the room. Her grandfather would eat. We would eat. We would be in our room. 
So that's still not eating together. People think that's eating at the same time. No, but I'm that's not about eating together. When everybody gets served together, like, right? All right, bones, you make all the plates, and somebody go in the living and room, and you we take, all sit you take down. you and Gary place, you take her and Granny and Grandpa plate, mm-hmm. and y'all all sit in the living room, or at least the living room together, and yep. eat. Where like I said, there's a lot of people that don't understand that. Like, I don't give a fuck where we were. My mother could be tipsy as fuck. If I needed, there's one time in my life I could say I was eating, I think I was being greedy, and I ate fish, and the fucking fish bones were so big, it shit choked me, and I no, swear, I didn't eat whiting until I got grown enough to be able to see them fucking bones. I want to say that was a time that she wasn't physically right there to like be eating with me to be able to go no bitch don't eat that fish because <laughs> you're going to choke right. but realistically um, in our day and time the importance of that isn't important to some people and I'm not uh, judging what I'm saying is we need to look into things and see the importance of the higher that let's say the higher value of sitting with your significant other and having a meal oh yeah uh let me see i got a i got another little gem for you married ones the married ones eat together a little more often than cohabitating couples 35 percent of married couples eat together almost always while 22 barely do so 22 of cohabitating couples eat together almost every day while 27 prefer to eat at different times and moments now i just thought it was funny because they made it uh very clear that when you're not married, anything else, you're cohabitating. Mm-hmm. Cohabitating is what the animals do. They just be in a space together. And <laughs> it just is what it is. And the beautiful part about it that animals have the best understanding. You don't need to be my nigga. You don't need to be my lady. Mm-hmm. But if I want to fuck, you want to fuck. We going to fuck. We going to make these babies. And we gonna raise these babies, and you like you never seen a male gorilla getting beat up by like a female gorilla because he's not taking care of his kids. Like it's certain things like I used to watch the Animal Planet, and I used to think animals were so amazing because why especially people, them? Why like, are people not like they're that? They're so close to living. They a don't human play no life. They don't play no games. It's on some. They're they're literally humans. Like, I don't care what nobody say. They're human. They're uh-huh. doing better than us. But these cohabitating couples, like for me, to be together with somebody, whether you have children, or you don't, and be comfortable going. Oh, all right, cool. When we get together, like most likely, it's a, it's a lot of people. The only time they see each other is maybe in the bed. And you got to ask somebody what you ate today. Mm. But I might every once in a blue moon have to ask my wife what she ate. But normally I feed her so that I don't have to worry about whether she's eating. 
just cause. Like, for instance, Tuesday, the day we do our live for the um, podcast, is her late day. So I normally try to make sure she has, like, a good breakfast, still make her lunch, and then know when she comes home, dinner is ready to go because it's already almost 8 o'clock. So when people are comfortable going, all right, cool. For instance, did you see this? There was this uh, video going around where I think it's a young man. He's asking women. I think he's in a club or outside in the street. I'm not too sure. And he goes, hey, if your dude comes home at 3 o'clock in the morning and asks you to make a sandwich for him, what you going to say? Most of these bros are going, hell no. Fuck no, out of no, here. No, 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 no. Because what, I, listen, what did Judge uh, Lynn say? Stop, Stop doing, doing wifey, stuff. wife Stop stuff. Stop doing wife stuff. As a girlfriend. girlfriend. Like, I, right? I already knew what you was going to say, but definitely. And this is why this episode means that so, much to me because no. I knew once I would get her going, she would be able to no. quote some of this stuff that we watch. No, My wife is a, de- a divorce all. court aficionado. Um, I forgot to put that in the, uh, um, the At title. 41 years old, when I was dealing with men, I wish a motherfucker would had to come in some motherfucking uh, crib we stayed in together because that's another uh, episode. I don't feel like I ever, I don't give a fuck how long I was with someone. I didn't live with them. I stayed with them. Okay. So hell no, you wasn't getting a white shit, cleaning, cooking. I cooked because I had to eat. I'm not a great cook. I'm not a Thanksgiving cook. I don't do all of that. But I had to, uh, I grew up in love. But when it came to eating, I survived. (laughs) So let's see. Um, there was no making sure that I had to beat the clock because a nigga was hungry. Excuse me. No, thank you. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, sir. We're not doing that. I appreciate what everything you're We're saying. doing that. And if you're saying this is what you were doing, I totally respect it. As a girl, as like my wife was saying, I definitely dealt with men. I had a boyfriend that I don't know. I thought I saw a future with so I felt comfortable to do things that I wasn't comfortable to do for boys before him Mm -hmm. let's just say and when I say that like I wanted to cook for him I wanted to do things that I thought girlfriends did to show their boyfriend that hey I'm wifey material and what I realized was that all you doing is showing a nigga hey Look, if you like it, I love it. So if you're going to give it to me, uh, how do we say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to do these things, why would a man or a person, period, be comfortable going, hey, I don't want you to do this stuff for me because I don't want you, I don't want to lead you on, or I don't want you to believe that it could go to a place that it will never go. And being that as a people, People are comfortable not telling the truth. And when I say that, like, if you're with somebody, I don't know. Let me just speak from a, a younger place. When, right. I, when I was younger, I, like I said, I think I saw a future with one boy. But 
as for anybody else, I was doing my thing and I was doing my thing. I didn't look at it and go, oh my God, I got to straighten up and fly right if I want this person to be my girl or my guy or whatever it was. And it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Nowadays, people, young people are so comfortable making babies and having multiple baby mothers like that's scary like mm-hmm. i was that that was something that scared me when i dated guys that y'all niggas be out here having 15 different women pregnant at one time and then go no 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 i love you though what you don't even love yourself nasty get out of here but <laughs> when you are a person of standard I think certain things are always going to be I want to say top-notch so me um I was never the girl that was going to not make sure my lady ate my person ate and like I said this one here she's kind of spoiled so she gets snacks and everything so <laughs> I too Thank you. All right. When you eat together, are the phones present? Ah. Um, is that a word? How do you say that? A rhetorical question? No, absolutely not a rhetorical question, babe. Um, this is the 2023. People, people don't know how to not use their phone. People should know how to not. Well, use they their don't, phone. and the only ones I feel that can correct that would be us. We have gotten so prone with the times as well so answer the question for yourself do when you're eating dinner when we're having dinner do you have your phone present yes i do why um a lot of times i'm working but then i have to tell myself that's not cool because you're supposed to be eating dinner with your wife at times i don't i think the majority of the times i don't we're usually eating and watching something. So we're commenting on that. So we really don't no, mess with our phones at that time. No. Um, I do know that people will call us. I, uh, as we would eat, be eating, uh, communicate with other people. But I stopped doing that. That's real. That's very real. Yeah. Okay. So I appreciate that. Um, because my time belongs to you, the head of our household. So you take care of our everything like I do as well. I don't want to make it seem like that, but especially my weekends, that's, that belongs to you. So no, it shouldn't be, right? So, but for I, us, no. I'll say I think no. what she's trying to say is no, no, the phone is private. <laughs> during dinner time for me personally 
I'll never forget it in the beginning of our relationship. She used to be really testy because be like, oh, you're always on your phone. Mm-hmm. And I would look at her like, girl, bye. Like, I'm not doing anything, though. But what I realized is that the importance of being present and just being there. There's some people that are comfortable just being there. And then there's some comfortable, there's some people that do the work to be present. And what I had to learn to do was do the work to be present. Because as a person that I appreciate my wife, even when she was my girlfriend, like we used to talk on the phone for hours. And when I say talk, I mean like physically, like have real conversation. What did you do today? How's your coworker? Mm-hmm. And I remember coworkers' names and so on and so forth. And she'd be impressed, like, wow, this bitch really cares about what the fuck's going on with me. And a lot of times when you're getting to know people, you'll realize very fast if they into you. Most people would be like, what you mean? Well, if you talk to somebody, right, right now, and you say a shitload of things, like you talk for like maybe five minutes, believe you me, after the first minute, they didn't hear shit you said. But if they like you, they definitely listen in. They'll be able to tell you what you said, minute two and a half, uh, 3.4 and just before the five minute break and you'll be looking like wow you really paid attention yeah because I like you if somebody care about you enough they're gonna show you with action and rather than tell you oh yeah baby I love you and I'm with you and I'm fucking with you no I need energy and action i've always been that type of girl i've never been a girl that you could go oh yeah i'm just gonna tell you what i want you to hear i need to show you if i don't show you it's a good chance you'll think i'm bullshitting because i'm mad nonchalant very chill likes way fall back like um, before my wife i was the fall back girl like you gave me funny energy you say some slick shit i think down the line it might get worse I'm not fucking with you so I was definitely the fallback girl but what I realized about being married I'm the upfront girl like I want to have the conversation I don't want to force it I'm definitely not going to create unnecessary energy over my feelings, but I'm damn sure going to let you know if I feel a way. And in this damn time, people are comfortable allowing people to take advantage of them. That's just on period. And I think once you become cohesive with a person enough where you could be honest to tell them how you feel you should then they might not always appreciate it but they're going to appreciate you for being able to tell the truth um what time should dinner be well that's a good question 
Now, me and you, we don't have kids, so. Um, I'm starting to believe because we're older now, they ain't even about just because of having children. Health reasons, I don't think you should be eating at a certain time. But then we say that, right? Then we people still go out and be having dinner 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So it's weird. But that's if you're going out. That's if you're going out. Now, if you're, you come home from work every day, you get off of work at 5 o'clock. So by the time you get here, it's 6 o'clock. What time do you think dinner should be? Uh, yeah, when I walk in, I should be getting, taking a shower. By 7 o'clock, I should be eating. I I mean, old people used to say that dinner is around between 4 and 6. Please excuse my wife. She was raised by her grandparents. They they're right. Were, they're so they're right. So I don't, so what, but God what is? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It can go any way. Like. You are 41 years old, darling. Okay, so. You should not be telling me about no fucking four to six o'clock. So what is um dinner? I, I personally think a good time to eat dinner is maybe 7.30. I don't like eating past eight o'clock. I really don't because I notice my body doesn't doesn't sit well with my body, but. I tend to do it anyway because I smoke weed and shit happens. But um, the information I wrote down, it says uh, between 6 and 7 p.m. Okay, I can agree with that. I kind of can. I kind of can't. So Because, again, on a good day, you're home by 6 o'clock. But on your late day, you're home. Literally, you might be walking in this bitch a little before eight o'clock. Yeah. So to say, oh yeah, dinner. Uh, don't get me wrong. It is one day. It is one day, but in all actuality, that one day throws off a lot. Like eating wise, especially for me, because by a certain time, I'm like, oh shit, I'm starving. I need to eat. Then I look like, oh shit, it's five o'clock. If I eat now, by the time she's coming home in the next three hours, I'm not going to be hungry. To the point where sometimes I got to tell her, like, look, I'm about to eat. She's like, all right. Now, her food is still there, piping hot when she get home. But it's just the fact of you got to know what's for you and what's not. Like, everybody's dinner time might not be the same, especially depending on your schedule. So... Um, people with kids, how do y'all sit down and eat together as a family? That part. That, that's a good question. I really hope that, um, anybody listening, uh, to this has a, a answer or could like drop a, drop a hit on my, uh, Instagram or something. Yeah, either my Instagram or my Facebook. Leave me an answer to that. My DM or something. Um, do you feed your spouse from your plate if eating something different? 
Now, I'm going to answer this because me and my wife, I eat seafood. My wife does not. And it's so funny because a lot of times I won't order seafood so that she can try what I have. And it'd be crazy because a lot of times, especially when we go out with people and they know that she don't eat seafood, they'd be like, oh, we could go somewhere else. And they could be like, I don't care, Lord, they got some chicken, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. And it'd be funny because eating off of each other's plate isn't like weird to me. My wife always wants what I have. As long as it ain't no seafood, nothing that she not familiar with. Oh yeah, she wants some. Let me taste it. Let me get some. And it just is what it is. I think that's just a part of being in a relationship. But yeah. And um anything you wanna tell the people like you got any good divorce court tips for these people? <laughs> like I told you, uh, she's a divorce court officiant. Don't, don't use the stupid text. First off, don't don't give the people a tip and don't explain to them what that the is. The stupid text is when you break something of your partner's and feel like you are not uh, responsible for it. You are. It doesn't matter if you're married. Um, no. You will pay for it. The stupid tax is just that stupid. If you, which many people have been in that position before. I'm not speaking from a place of doing such because I'm not paying for nothing. But if me and my wife was to get into an argument. and I We don't upset, do that. We don't break each other's no, stuff. No, no, no. I'm just giving an example. And I break her laptop. Oh, God. And now she wants me to pay for it, which I should. And I tell her, fuck out of here. I'm not paying for that shit. And we end up on divorce court or one of these court shows or even just going to real life civil court. I would have to pay for that. Because mm-hmm. you did that out of anger. That's out of your feelings. She didn't physically touch you for you to touch her stuff. So... Hence the stupid tax. In this day and time, if you, I'm not even going to lie to you, in the beginning of my relationship, that shit used to bother me. My wife wanted to watch divorce court all the time. Come on, please. I'm so, you're just going to watch an episode or two. I feel like the uh, counseling we didn't get. I'm just about to say that. And it's crazy because free as time goes on, I feel like it's free counseling. Because where we come from, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, she wanted to go to like a couple's retreat or even do counseling. Mm-hmm. And I shot that shit down. Fuck out of here. What are we doing that for? We might as well not get married. And I, I, like I always used to try to find a negative and things that should have been positive because I've never experienced them before with somebody who wants to experience longevity with me. So why wouldn't I be willing to show her that I'm in it for the long haul? But if you are in a relationship, perhaps even married, I'd say enjoy an episode or two of Divorce Court. If you don't catch them fresh, on regular TV. 
<laughs> Our background people, my wife hates it. Sorry. Yeah, it's annoying. But anyway, we're being we still gonna get great. She's still gonna be great. If you cannot catch a crush, you can definitely go on YouTube and type in divorce court. Whether you wanna watch Maybelline. Judge Toler, Toler, uh, Faith, Faith, don't uh, almost forgot Faith, or Judge Star Jones. Oh, new, 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 new. Tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. Nah, like it's interesting because people go up there with the craziest stories. One, but on top of that, there's some people that are just sincerely trying to save their marriages, relationships, and genuinely need help so even if you don't need help and your shit is lit and you good to go watch an episode might just be funny to you if you need help and you don't want to ask for help watch a couple of episodes of that i guarantee you your situation will come up but as for me and mine we are doing just fine we are sharing the love that we have with you good people on this podcast and it's funny because it took me forever to get her to do a podcast but now she's talking about she wants to be on the next episode so we shall see good people i appreciate the love i appreciate the love i appreciate the love and to have my love with me on my love to do was also amazing amazing and um this is a milestone good people this is episode number 10 episode number 10 Aye, get it babe yeah man like consistency a little persistency yeah um just a want to do i ain't even gonna call it a love to do because it's not my love to do just yet but it's a want to do and i enjoy doing it and as long as you enjoy listening i will continue to enjoy sharing i had my lovely wife on this episode that was fun thank you for having me guys definitely hopefully you'll be back again to share the uh the mic with your girl and kick it with the good people and yeah, this is another episode of Something's Missing with your girl. Whoa, better. You know the fucking vibes. You know what we doing. You know what it is. We out of here.